Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. After a difficult start to the season, the Penn State Dubois baseball team is headed back to the USCAA World Series. We'll talk to Coach Tom Clary in studio about the turnaround and the tournament ahead. Mitch Keller and the Pirates snapped a seven-game losing streak on Monday. What's going on with this team? Can they regain their momentum? We'll discuss. Is there any news on the Penguins' general manager search? We'll talk to Paul Staggerwald for an update and get his thoughts on a chaotic NHL playoff race so far. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Glass. And I'm Dave Herzing. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go Under Review, sponsored by Next Tier Bank. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. And we're back after, uh, well, it seems like these weeks just get shorter and shorter, guys, especially as the weather gets nicer here. But we are really pleased to have Tom Caleri back with us, the head coach here of the Penn State Dubois baseball team, and uh, a guy who has experienced a little adversity this season. So, Tom, thanks for joining us again. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Honored to uh, come in and, and, and talk baseball. Well, first off, uh, I think I speak on behalf of all of us. Congratulations on the victory over the weekend. You guys captured the Pennsylvania State University Athletic Conference Championship. That's four and five years, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's four and five years, and we've been in the championship uh, the last six years. So, unfortunately, we didn't get six in a row, but uh, four and five is pretty, pretty, um, pretty impressive. Well, how does this one feel compared to the others? Uh, it's different. It's different. Like, uh, I said that to my assistants after we won, it's more gratifying, um, because of the, where the difficulties and challenges we've overcome this season with a lot of on and off the field challenges with injuries, with, uh, some discipline within the team. Um, and also some off the field stuff with kids and, you know, there are a lot of lost to members and their families that uh, they've had to overcome some, some challenges, um, off the field too mentally. So, um, yeah, very gratifying compared to when we went three and ten to start the year, and then we've gone twenty-two and three since. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good turnaround. So you, you lead right into what I was going to ask you. You talk about the record that, and the big flip there, and I know there was all that adversity, and some of that was uncontrollable off the field, and mm-hmm. some of it probably you would consider controllable. But what do you think were was the was there one big thing, or was it a bunch of little things that got this thing turned around for you? Well, uh, getting healthy was the first one. <laughs> getting healthy was the first one we needed to get healthy, and um, and I'll I'll give all the uh, the credit to the kids and the coaches. Um, our, our our coaching staff is outstanding, um, and I wish I could name them all, but there we got we don't have enough time. But uh, <laughs> and the players, um, you know, they just trusted us. Uh, they trusted us, and they they went to work, and and we did a lot of work in the weight room. Uh, we continued to work out in the weight room throughout the season, and we really got after it in practice. and And they trusted us to push them, and and they um, they bought in, and we just kept as you know cliche, but you know trusted the process, so to speak. And you know, and and, and eventually we started turning around, and we got hot. And um, when you get hot at the right time, anything can happen. So definitely, the kids deserve all the credit. They're they're outstanding, high character kids. And I said it before, but. You know, when you deal with adversity, it reveals who you truly are. And um, this adversity on and off the field revealed who they really are and their high character and they and they showed a lot of grit. Well, and, and that's true. And they do deserve a lot of credit. But I, I think you have to take some credit, you and your staff. I've seen teams, 
with young people go really sideways when you get to a point where it's three and ten and it looks like it's just everything's against you and you know that they, they, they can't they can't even see 500 from there sometimes much less you know a PSUAC yeah. championship so you know is there anything that you guys did to really get them to, to stay the course and hey we're gonna overcome this and just stay with it um I think we probably did some things that uh, yeah we did some things but again I, I don't want to ever take the spotlight away from the players because I can I can do a lot of different things but at the end of the day I'm not out there fielding ground balls or or hitting the ball I mean they, those guys they just trusted us we did some different things but they they trusted us and 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 we got we got through those challenges and ended up dogpiling in the state college which was the goal and um you know trying to win a a fourth national championship in seven years is unprecedented um and it'll be really really difficult to do how excited are the kids Tom Oh yeah, they're <laughs> they're pretty fired up. I mean, <laughs> as they deserve to be. Um, you know, super excited after winning the title, the conference title, which seemed like light years away after we started zero and five in the conference, and then rattled off, you know, fifteen straight wins, well, nineteen straight wins in in the conference, and then going twenty two and three. But yeah, they're they're super fired up, super confident, and, and playing with a lot of confidence right now. And they're going to need to because, you know, we're facing. Um, you know, a really good Division Two team to start the World Series, and who played a, a Division Two schedule and are big and strong. And but we're not going to be intimidated by anybody. We're going to go in and, and do everything we possibly can to compete. And we got a bunch of com- tough, tough rural competitors, and we're we're going to be fine. Now, could you tell our listeners a little more about the Saints? You guys are coming as a nine seed. They're an eight seed. If maybe elaborate a little more and tell tell us a little about what to expect uh, next week. So yeah, we start out with Duyuville University, or Division Two team. They played a Division Two schedule. They, they beat uh, some um, really top twenty um, Division Two teams in the country, like Mercerhurst and Westchester. And they beat my alma mater. Or they lost to my alma mater, Lock Haven. But they played a really, really, really good schedule. Um, so they're going to be a handful. And if you somehow win that game, you get rewarded with the number one seed, which is Miami Hamilton. So we got a, a super tough draw, but we've overcome so much adversity this year. This is nothing new. It's just one more obstacle we got to try to overcome. And, um, you know, they, they did it all year long. And again, regardless of the results, I, I'm confident that we'll compete. Is this a single elimination tournament? It's a double elimination tournament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you got a little bit of room there, a little <laughs> wiggle room, but uh, yeah, you don't want to fall in that losers bracket though, because then you churn out some pitching pretty quickly. So. Right. So how do you prepare for for a tournament like this? I'll be just, you know, it's tough because you try to as a coaching staff, and we've been on, we've been watching film uh, since we won the tournament. Heck, uh, on the way bus, on the way back on the bus, I was watching film. So. <laughs> Everybody's been watching film. Coaches been watching film. Players been watching film, and we're going to try to prepare to to get our guys ready. And um, that's all we can do. We can just go to practice tonight in about 15 minutes, and uh, <laughs> we're we're going to get after them like we always do. And the players will practice hard, and we'll, we'll try to install a game plan. And you know, I hope it works. I think a little bit of adversity is we're we're not playing at Showers Field. They didn't put us on Showers Field. They put us on Stern Field, which is really a going to be a little bit and people that don't understand college baseball you know when you play a bigger faster um team just physically a fly balls or home runs out of there and that that doesn't play well for us so that's you know that's a little bit of um a thing we're gonna to have to try to overcome and keep the ball down as a staff but you know hey uncontrollable we'll go do we'll go compete and see what happens sounds like Coors field yeah uh, so we're talking to head coach of Penn State's Dubois, uh, Penn State Dubois's baseball team here, Tom Caleri. We're going around the horn, Dave Glass. 
What do you got for Tom? Well, one of the things I'm always fascinated by is trying to balance and turn a double elimination tournament like this you know the net you know oh the play this game in front of you mentality versus i need to have enough pitching to get through the tournament so number one do you think you have the pitching depth let's say you do win the first game but eventually maybe you do lose a game and end up in the loser's bracket. do you have enough mm-hmm. pitching to get through and how do you balance that to make sure that you don't just completely run out so that's a great question and um it's tough this is the deepest pitching staff we've ever had and we won again we won three national championships in six years and this is the deepest we've ever been but with those championships the draw also helped us we were able to throw a guy that could handle that first game and then get him out early enough where he could come back for the championship and you know i i try to take care of pitchers uh, but this year being that it's a little bit more of a challenge it'll be difficult but we have a lot of arms uh we've had one uh, one in particular freshman who hasn't thrown much this year due to injury and he's healthy and you know if we get in loose bracket he'll have to pitch but we 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 probably have 10 to 12 guys that can go out there and win a game um which is unprecedented and one of our best pitchers is our shortstop but he's our best shortstop too so we can't take him off the field so um you know it's it's going to be a challenge. We're just I guess the, I guess to answer your question, the mentality is just one game at a time. Throw the best guys you out there and just try to win that that particular game, and then think about the next game after that. Yeah, one of the things I think uh, the listeners would like to know about as well is um, you know how they can find out information about the small college World Series. You know where can they mm-hmm. go to find out about this game schedule stuff like that? Because this is it's an exciting thing for mm-hmm. our area. I've gone to almost every one of these. I was away for work during the one. Um, if you're out there listening to anybody or listening on the podcast tomorrow. Go watch Penn State Dubois play. It's an exciting brand of baseball. Tom's doing an excellent job. But, Tom, could you tell them maybe where they can find some more sure. information? Sure. Um, so they can go to the, uh, Google USCAA Small College World Series. They have their own separate website, and you can just scroll through there with the icons and, and find the bracket and find all the time slots. And it's pretty easy to find, um, and it'll tell you what field time the game starts and they'll give updated with if there's any rain or anything like that so they do a good job of keeping that updated unfortunately we don't get the night game this year so um, that always brought a big crowd so yeah probably not this year i'm sure there isn't much of an off season for you here but you know not that we're looking ahead to the end of the season but i'm curious do you get some time off in the summer or what do you do are you recruiting what do you oh, do in the yeah summer no months? there's no off season in college baseball i mean you're recruiting throughout the season during the season you're bringing in recruits you're giving tours and the summer's big because you just gotta you know right now we're on our graduates of 20 24 graduates uh, 2024 graduates and we're creating lists you know, making phone calls, talking to coaches, going to showcases. Um, it's nonstop. It's all year round. And then, you know, you're staying updated with your current players and trying to place them in the college leagues to make sure they get there, you know, all across the country. So um, you're, you're just trying to maintain your or sustain your success by giving your guys opportunities, but also recruiting to bring in better players. So it's it's all year round. Yeah. uh, Well, Tom, listen, hey, it's fantastic to have you in as always. Uh, We're looking forward to when you can come in and and talk about the success you had in the Small College World Series. 
Uh, again, it's, you're doing a terrific job. It's it's wonderful to have such a, a top flight program here in the city of Dubois. And again, any young kids out there listening as well, go support these guys. They're playing their butts off. It's a fun watch. I take my son over as often as I can. You guys will really enjoy their brand of baseball. So thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. I do have one more question sure. for you before we let you go. Tom, how do you hone your craft as a coach? So that we, you got the players practicing and whatnot, but how do you get better as a coach? Um, hmm. You're all, I'm always trying to pick people's brains. Like you never just know everything and try to try to figure out different. Um, I think the key, honestly, to coaching is developing relationships with people. Like, so I have to know exactly what to say and how I say it to each individual player. There's just not one guy can be a template, like say it the exact same way. I mean, you got to know your players and you have developed relationships with players. That's a key to being a successful coach. It's not, and you, you know, you look up stuff and you talk to other coaches and you get different things you can do in practice. And you try to try to get better that way, but honestly, just be a genuine person. Um, and I think all of our coaches are genuine people that want them to do well as I am. And we want to connect the community, truly want to connect the community with our, our program. And I think we've done a good job and hopefully people will, will support us and, and, and kids come out and, you know, we always encourage that. All right. Well, we'd love to keep you on because we're going to talk buckos here in the next segment. Ah, we'd like to hear yeah, how, we, how they can probably get don't it turned want around. My opinion on the pirates. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Tom, for coming Appreciate in. We'd it. love to have you again. So when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the buckos. They're facing their own set of adversity. Stay with us as we continue under review sports talk on Connect FM. Finally, a weekly local sports show that you've always wanted. Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. Get the latest on your favorite local sports teams here. Brought to you by our title sponsor. Next Year Bank is a proud supporter of all area sports in Du Bois. Bank anywhere, anytime, all on your terms with Next Year Bank's online and mobile banking solutions. Helping local families and businesses achieve their financial goals for over a century. Liberty Boulevard, Du Bois, and at nextyearbank.com. Your community bank. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Clear skies tonight with a low of 45. Northwest winds around 5 miles per hour. Lots of sunshine tomorrow, 78. Mainly clear skies and quiet again tomorrow night, lows around 51. Upper 70s Friday with a chance for scattered rain showers. Cooler Saturday with highs in the upper 70s, chance for showers continues. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Currently, it's 69. What's your call? 
This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors and especially Next Tier Bank for being our title sponsor here. We really appreciate it. We're going to continue our baseball talk, guys. The um, Penn State Dubois team, they started the season slow and then put it together here in, in the later part of the season. The Pirates have done the opposite. They started great. April was a great month, and May has been, oh. Pitiful. Pretty bad. Yeah, so they've won one game in May, and last I saw, they actually today was the first day that they actually scored more than two runs in a game, and they still lost. Where has this team gone wrong here? Well, I, I mean, uh, th- almost everything has gone wrong, but really, they just stopped hitting. I mean, if you look, I, I don't think they have a game where they have more than four runs this month. Uh, since this all started, they just lost again today. Spoiler alert for anybody listening, they lost this afternoon. Um, ha- we're up 3 nothing in that game. But they just the bottom of that lineup looks like it did a few years ago. Like seven, eight, nine have just been almost automatic outs. Uh, Kutch has been hit or miss because he's been hurt. You know, I think they're really starting to feel the loss of Cruz. The first month they were running with abandon and they weren't, nobody was catching them. Now they're getting thrown out on the bases, just all left and right. The, the defensive lapses is just it. it I don't think that anybody thought they were as good as they looked in April. I really don't think they're as bad as they've looked the last 10 days in, in May. But, man, the next three or four weeks are really going to be crucial to decide, are they going to hang around or are they just going to kind of sink under 500 and that's it? I don't know. Well, I mean, they've got to get it figured out quick. Uh, I just I read the other day they were over that skid, not counting today, they were 0 for 83 with runners in scoring position, which historically they said there's only four or five teams um, in Major League history that have ever been that bad over that stretch. And it's easy. They're just not hitting. Like you said, the bottom of the lineup, Austin Hedges, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. He is, he's really having a hard time. Now, they, they say he's back there because he's the, the best pitch framer in Major League Baseball and he can make, you know, balls, strikes or whatever that, you know, all these analytics guys. I don't care about any of that. He needs to hit the ball and he just isn't doing it. And you have Henry Davis in the minors absolutely on fire. Andy and Rodriguez. Andy's down there too. Uh, yeah, so something's got to be done at the bottom of that order. Um, yeah, got to keep the faith though. I mean, they started out red hot. They're obviously scuffling. But if you look at the standings right now, they'd be third in the AL East, which is the best division in baseball. They'd be first in the AL Central, first in the AL West, second in the NL East, and second in the NL West. Now, granted, the way they're playing, that's not going to be that way for long. They're still in first place in the, in the division. Actually, yeah, if, if Milwaukee wins but they'll be out of oh, they lost today yep. oh they lost okay yep. well, then the, the whole division's been losing yeah. the last week which helps but. so yeah i mean it's not like granted they've really been in a free fall but they're still in in a in a good spot they they need to beat teams like the rockies though although i just saw this this afternoon the rockies are eight and two in their last 10 games so they're facing a hot team yeah but they're still not that's not the, the rockies are not a good team no that's they're the kind not. of team and especially away from colorado yes. that's a team you have to take two out of three but I will say this, you talked about the division. Could be worse, could be the Cardinals. If you've looked, I mean, I cannot believe how bad the Cardinals have been. And and I know this is a Pirates segment, but I have to bring this up. They signed a catcher to a five-year, 80-some million dollar deal, and a month into it, took him away from catcher and made him a DH. Yeah. I mean, that's panic city. I, I, I've never seen the uh, St. Louis Cardinals operate this way. I have to say I'm enjoying it. 
Um, and it's kind of nice that we can lose seven games in, in a row and still be nine games ahead of the Cardinals. That's kind of unbelievable. But but bring it back to Pittsburgh, you're 100% right. Hedges, he might be the best defensive catcher in the history of the world, and if you're batting 150, you can't play him. No. You can't play him, and you've got two of the best pr- catching prospects, as you said, in the minors. Pretty soon they're going to have to make a move there. Um, and, and, and I know they brought up Ortiz, and he throws hard, and then he got hit a little bit. But, I mean, it, bring some of these guys up. I, I, there's, a, there's a guy I know who writes um, – not nationally for baseball. And he has a, a saying that there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. And by that, he means if you're good enough to be a pitching prospect, you only have so many innings in your arm, you ought to be learning in the majors. And so guys like Ortiz and Priester, even though I know he's had a rough go, what's the difference? Bring him up. Let Because it, 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 you never know when that Tommy John surgery is coming. So do you really want that to happen while he's getting 70 innings in AAA? I, I kind of agree with that line of thought. I think we're too slow. I think baseball has become too slow and has almost babied these pitchers a little bit too much. I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't be careful, but, I mean, Mitch Keller's just not figuring it out. He's 27. So Well, I don't know a lot about baseball contracts, but it's my understanding if they wait later in the season, they don't burn up an eligibility year, right? Yeah. But, yes, that's absolutely true. But – and, and I want to push back on that a little bit. I'm a baseball fan. We're all baseball fans. If you don't have enough money that when your team is on the cusp of being good that you're worried about the sixth year of a contract, which is 2029, I don't care about 2029. I care about this year. The, the, the Steelers and the Penguins would never make a move like that. In fact, the Penguins had a chance back in the day to send Jordan Stahl back down and save that contract, remember? And part of the reason they lost him so early was because they kept him but they won a cup because they did it. And I just, I, I don't like it when teams manipulate contracts like that. I get why they do it, but come on. I mean, <laughs> well, there, again, I always try to be optimistic with the pirates because I've, I think I've fooled myself into thinking that they're going to be relevant every single year. And then I just get absolutely crushed. My, my hopes just get destroyed, but um, there's some optimism. Uh, Kutch uh, when he was playing for Milwaukee, these are really cool stats. There's something about the uniform. He was 237 last year at this time. Now he's batting 277, two, 316 on base percentage, 366 um, now. Slugging percentage is 384, uh, 491 now. And when he was in Milwaukee, the, uh, the OPS was 700, and now it's 857 now. So he's he's doing very well for that one year deal. The other th- speaking of deals and contracts. They need to sign Mitt uh, Keller. That they was next to, on my list. Well, yeah, well, go they, ahead, they go might ahead. have an ace on their hands they, they, here. They right? very well might. I mean, he had he pitched my buddy Dan Dennison. Shout out to Dan Dennison, a loyal listener. Said he pitched his masterpiece. Oh, he did. He looked incredible the other night, and they they need to figure out what they're going to do with him because pitchers don't grow on trees. And if you could, you have a guy that's a viable arm like that, you know he's going to be cheap because he, he had, this is his first real taste of it, except for the last half of last year. I, I, I'd make a move to get this guy now. So you're a believer then. I am a believer. Yeah, he's, I'm starting to become a believer, and I've been a man on Keller for a while. Yeah, so over his last 30 starts, he has a 2.90 ERA. Uh, I think you said he was 27. He has two years left of arbitration, but uh, if you want to wrap him up or you know lock him up, I think you got to do it now because his, his – um, Salary is only going to be going up here, I think, as the season goes on. I would certainly reach out and make the offer. I, I do want to say one thing about that masterpiece game. It was a masterpiece. It was awesome. He deserves all the credit in the world. One hour and 55 minutes. Absolutely. One right. hour and 55 minutes, and I thought it was fantastic. 
Oh, it's so much fun watching baseball now because you know you're, these games just don't drag on. Nope. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. You can watch other teams now too because you, you know you have a limited time. All of us because we're so busy with our families and jobs and everything else. Uh, it's it's cool to be able to switch on and watch a half hour, forty minutes of a West Coast game or something like that. Whereas before these games just drug on, you, you weren't even able to watch them. So um, we mentioned Henry Davis. Just something uh, for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with him. He uh, plays in Double A in Altoona right now. He's batting three sixteen. Um, he's uh, he's got seven home runs. Um, he's right. He's arguably the best player in Double A baseball right now. Do you know the only reason he's not in Triple A is because of Rodriguez? They don't want to block. That's right. They don't want to block. But right. I, I will say this, and this is almost a reminder to myself that go to Altoona as soon as you can. He will not be in Altoona much longer. I'm sure of that. And I really want to see this kid. Well, that's a good sign. Now, another good sign is uh, Velasquez. It looks like avoided Tommy John here. It sounds like he's pitching again, and maybe he'll be back in the rotation next week. I, you know, he's. I'm sorry. I just think he's just a guy. Even if he does come back, he's a placeholder. It's it, look. It's fine, but he's he's not the answer. I don't think. Well, and like you said, though, I mean, we don't might maybe don't have help coming here for a little while at least. Probably not. No, it. it I mean, although I will say, Charrington signing Reynolds was. For me, that was almost like a, a sea change in thinking for what the Pirates have been doing is the, for, the business as usual type mentality that they've had. You never really, there weren't even contract negotiations in season a lot of the time. And and signing Reynolds, I think, was a big step forward for this franchise. You know, we'll see if they can get Keller signed. They're, they're a good young team that is dealing with some adversity right now and they need to figure it out. Now, Shelton's had nothing but adversity since he's been there. So I think he's the right guy for this job. And I think signing him as well was, it was a, a plus. Well, the, the rumor is actually, it's not a rumor because they were talking to Mitch Keller uh, on one of the stations this week. And he said that there has been preliminary talks on a contract. You never know where that's going to go, but that's a good sign. And if I would have told you guys that the pirates would be 21 and 17 on May 10th, I think all of us would have taken it. Yeah. You'd have to yeah. take the bigger picture, but it, it does kind of stink to get there this way. And it, it almost, the way it's gone, you know, you talk about they, they crush your hopes every year. I, I always bring up about this time of year, the Lucy with the football, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I, I was trying to be like, but when they got to 28, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm in. And yeah. then there's Lucy with the football again. So this team has a tendency to do this to us, but Remember, even if they do sink below 500, this they're they're playing with house money this year. This was not their year. No, next year is more their year. So, and I'm enjoying the development. I'm seeing Mitch. You know, if Mitch Keller becomes an ace, this year's a win. That's for sure. I said this year reminds me of 2012, right before they hit the wild card streak. Yep. There, it just feels like they're on the cusp of something good, but not quite there yet. Yeah, they're yeah. just not, and they're doing it without Cruz. So yep. remember that. Yep. All right, so we're going to shift the talk to uh, back to the NHL. We got Paul Staggerwald after the break, so stay with us here on Connect FM. It's Under Review Sports Talk, sponsored by Next Year Bank. I still have all the cards you gave me from Mother's Day. I have all of the memories of you growing up, and I still love all of the hugs and kisses. I love being your mom. Make Mother's Day ultra special at the flight deck. Join us at the Dubois Airport for Mother's Day this Sunday with Mom's Day specials. Prime rib or full rack of ribs and stuffed chicken breast or a half rack of ribs. Reservations only, serving from noon until 6 p.m. Call today to reserve a spot and celebrate your mom. The flight deck inside the Dubois. Boys Airport. 
Dunlop Lawn and Garden, your local Cub Cadet dealer, is ready for spring, and you should be too, with the Cub Cadet Ultima Series. See how these zero-turn mowers have stepped up from a traditional lap bar to a familiar steering wheel experience for stability on a variety of terrains, including hills up to 20 degrees. Unlock the possibilities of your lawn with the Cub Cadet Ultima Series. So head to your local Cub Cadet dealer at Dunlop Lawn and Garden in Dubois or Brookville for exceptional offers, expert advice, and superior service. When you shop local, small businesses generate $68 of local economic return for every $100 spent with them. And they donate 250% more than large businesses to community causes. Plus, taking the family out for a day of shopping is a fun thing to do together. And shopping small and shopping local benefits you and our community. When you shop online and with national companies, the dollars leave here with every click. So together, let's shop local businesses today like Unique Boutique, located on North Brady Street in Dubois, across from Guzzo's Inc., Kim McDonald State Farm, located on McCracken Run Road in Dubois, BMP Systems, located on Maple Avenue in Dubois, beside the Gateway Cafe, and Raven Moon's Oracle, located on West Long Avenue, across from Palumbo's Meat Market. with Sunny 106 and Connect FM. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. All right, guys, that's enough baseball talk for one day. I'm going through a hockey withdrawal here. And what better way to reach that than to uh, talk to Paul Staggerwald, a Penguins legend. We're welcoming Staggy back to the show. How are you today, Staggy? I'm fine. How could you not be good on a day like this? Oh, beautiful day. amen to that. Uh, first, we'll talk a little Penguins here. So they didn't waste much time after the season. They let Ron Hextall and Brian Burke go the next day. Since then, though, there hasn't been a whole lot of chatter about the uh, GM search. Are you hearing anything about potential candidates or maybe uh, what they're looking for in their next candidate? Well, I, I, don't, I haven't heard a lot. I, I think they want it that way. I think they're really trying to keep, uh, keep everything under wraps for a reason, and uh, that's the way they operate. I, I think there have been a few things that have come out. Um, I, I think... They have an, what I what I think is they're looking for a guy who's more of a modern guy, an analytics kind of guy to be in charge. And uh, I do think they want to keep the same kind of setup they had before with a president of hockey operations and a general manager. So I, I think they're looking for two people. And uh, I do think that the, gen, the, the 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 president of hockey operations. It's my impression that he would be the guy who would name the GM. So and it's possible they could hire a guy who could handle the draft and then name a GM later. I mean, any number of things could happen. I think, though, that they must realize that it's probably important to get that guy in place before the draft, which is on June 28th. And uh, so they've got some time. And I think that they generally are looking, though, for a more modern kind of GM. That's why you're hearing rumors about uh, Kyle Dubas the GM of Toronto, I, I personally don't understand how people could be so high on him because it seems to me it'd be hard to sell to the fans because he hasn't exactly been successful in Toronto, really. And uh, I also heard that Jeff Greenberg, 
uh, who was the assistant GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, they asked the Hawks to interview him, and the Hawks denied it because he has just been hired by Chicago this, this past year, and they didn't want to turn him loose after you know he just started building an organization there. So uh, that would tell me that if they wanted to talk to him, that they're looking for a young, modern kind of guy. So the last regime, it, it seemed like they wanted to live in this unrealistic world where you want to win now, but you want to build for the future. Um, it just doesn't seem to work that way. Do you think that they need to pick a lane here, and, and which lane would you pick? Well, I, I don't know that it's necessarily true that you can't do both. And, and the reason I say that is I think it always depends on your ability to manage the cap. And I, unfortunately, Ron Hextall made a deal at the deadline that really handcuffed them when he, when he acquired Mikel Granlund, who's going to be paid $5 million for each of the next two years. They could sure use that cap space. And um, not that he won't be a contributor, but he's not going to contribute in a way that I think is going to make a big impact for the Penguins. Uh, I say that not knowing what Jason Zucker is going to do, because if he decides to sign with somebody else, then there will be an opening in that top six for someone, and you would think that would be Mikhail Granlund. But, you know, I, I think there's a way that you could, if you manage the cap properly, that you could actually kind of retool your team a little bit right now. It's not like the Penguins are, are terrible. Uh, they almost made the playoffs. They really should have made the playoffs. And you look at the team that got in instead of them, the Florida Panthers, could very well end up in the Stanley Cup final. So I think just getting in is important. I mean, look what happened to Boston. Uh, it's, it's a very competitive league. There's a lot of competitive balance. And I, tend, I think we tend to, because of the history of the Penguins, think that, well, when you miss the playoffs, you really stink. And it's not really like that anymore because uh, there's, there's, there's really not a big difference between the team that finishes first and the team that finishes eighth. So I think, you know, a, a smart, cr- crafty guy uh, and, and I, I think a unified philosophy for the Penguins would make a huge difference. You know, I think the GM and the coach and everybody have to be on the same page about what they want their identity to be going forward. And if they are able to do that in a quick uh, time, they, they then could make some moves that could change the fortunes of their team next year and make them a, a team that's more playoff-bound and one that I think can match up with some of these other teams in the conference. Well, you, know, you talk about um, making sure everybody's on the same page. It, it sure seems to me like Hextall took an old team and, and was determined to make it a lot older. And with, <laughs> in general, looking around the playoffs, it sure seems to me like youth and speed will be served. I mean, would you agree that if they're going to be turn this around quickly, they're going to have to find a way to inject youth the same way they did in 16 and 17, by the way, when they brought up, you know, Gensel and, and Rust and some of those guys? Well, yeah, I think, you know, Hextall did acquire one young player who I think is made a pretty good impact, and that's Ryan Paling. I think he could be a really good player for them. Uh, so so he did find one younger guy in, in a mix of all those moves he made. Uh, you know, I think where he mis- made a mistake was maybe thinking that John Marino was expendable, and, and he was thinking that, that Petrie would be a guy who could be a 25-minute guy who, who maybe could bring a little bit more than Marino did. Uh, and I think that was probably a mistake uh but you know petrie was injured a lot this year so i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he might come back next year and have a pretty good year uh but to, to your point yeah there, you know one of the problems is that the penguins don't have a lot of help on their farm team and 
when when they went to youth back in those days, they had guys that had been developing for a while in Wilkesbury. Mike Sullivan had coached them in Wilkesbury at the start of that year. He trusted them, and so when he came up, he immediately plugged them in, and he said he wanted their game, you know, to be transfer. He felt their games were transferable from the American League to the National League, and and he really had faith in them. I think that's a big part of it. Like now, he ends up in Pittsburgh and. He doesn't know the players that are down there, and I'm not so sure. And the salary cap got in the way, too, by the way. I don't know if he gave some of those young guys enough of an opportunity to show what they could do. You know, Drew O'Connor was up and down. You know, he, he, they haven't really kind of, you know, put a lot of faith in him just yet. You know, Philip Hollander, I thought, was a pretty good player. Uh, he's not he's not going to be back. You know, so, yeah, I, there, there's nobody in the minors right now that they could, they could bring up that way. So the only way they're going to get young players – is if they maybe trade a veteran, a good veteran player for some prospects, and I don't know how they're going to do that. So it's going to take some some good knowledge of personnel in the league uh, to find a couple of guys who can make a difference. It's amazing how only two or three players in your lineup can make a huge difference in the way your team looks and plays in terms of balance. So that's what they're going to have to try to do. I don't want to be the guy that has to do it, but at the same time, there's a lot of smart guys out there uh, who I think will will you know maybe be able to pull it off. Switching topics a little bit on you, you know, you look around the playoffs, and and I wanted your opinion on this. I know there are always ups and downs throughout throughout playoffs for every team, but I can't remember in the last at least the last decade seeing teams look so much like world beaters one night and then just really not showing up the next night. I mean, this happened in New Jersey. I know Lindy Lindy Ruff called his team out pretty badly for what happened with them, but I've seen a lot of teams. Edmonton's had these huge swings. Does it seem like there's just a lot more of that this year, or is it just me? I think it's a real good observation on your point. It's true. The Penguins certainly had an entire season of that, and you're right. It's it's weird the way from one game to the next. One team will blow out one team, and the other guys come back and do the same thing in the next game. Really weird. And I think it has something to do with um, the fact that teams tend to play a little bit more offensively now, and they give up chances. And if you get, if you give up goals, it's hard to come back. Uh, necessarily in the playoffs, it, it, it's really hard. I can't even really put my finger on it. I mean, if I could sit here for probably a half an hour and come up with seven different reasons why I think it's happening, and I might be wrong on all of them. I've, just, I've really never seen anything quite like it either, and it's really hard to kind of wrap your head around why it's happening. But I, I think it must have something to do with the way teams play now. And with one team getting control of a hockey game, it kind of slips away from you, and it's hard to get it back. That's the only thing I can think of because – Teams just have a tendency to look, you know, really, really dominant one night and then get dominated the next. Very strange. Now, do you, um, Paul, switching topics here, do you think, I mean, staying on the Penguins, obviously, but uh, what do you think the Penguins are looking for in the upcoming draft? Do you think they're going to go after a winger or do you think they're going to go after something different? I would hope they'd have to, I hope they'd go after a center because they need a centerman in their organization. And there's a couple of them apparently available right around 14. I mean, I'm not familiar with those players other than what I've read on their little, you know, thumbnail sketches. But uh, I, one thing I, I I thought of, you know, like centers are at a premium, and you know, you look look back at the draft in recent years where teams that were at the top of the draft sometimes would reach down a little further into the prospect pool to get a centerman. He might not be ranked in the top seven or eight players, the teams that were in that seven or eight would take a centerman just because it's such a premium position. And 
I think of a guy like Kirby Dock, who was selected one year by the Hawks. He wasn't rated as high as they took him. Mark Shifley, when he was selected by the Winnipeg Jets, wasn't rated as high as they took him. He turned out to be a hell of a hockey player, but I think that's what the Penguins should be thinking of. Normally, you think, all right, we take the best player available on your list, but to me, I hope there's a centerman there because they're going to need one, I think, uh, really soon. Oh, for sure. Now, depending on what they do or don't do in the draft, do you think Sullivan's going to, in any way, shape, or form, alter his style of play? That's a good question. I'd like to see him do it. I mean, it's not so much, again, I go back to what I was saying earlier. It's, it's about the organizational philosophy, you know, what they want their identity to be going forward. You know, they, they aren't the high-flying Penguins of 2016 when they had a competitive advantage of speed. Uh, the other teams have caught up with them and passed them in a lot of instances in terms of the speed. And, and while that has happened, the Penguins have gotten less gritty, smaller, and older. So I think what they have to do is kind of adjust to those factors that they can't control and come up with ways that they things they can control to make them a team that is effective in other ways. And that's where Mike Sullivan comes in. I mean, he can't be married. You look at Lindy Ruff. You know, he, I don't remember how many years he coached Buffalo, but it was something like 14 years or something like that that he was with the Sabres. And during that time, they had a lot of different personnel, and he would change his system based on the players that he had. And I think that's why he was able to stay there so long and be pretty successful. Now he's having success, you know, coaching the New Jersey Devils. And I, I think that Sully better adjust. And I, I'm hoping also, you know, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but organizationally, I think you have to have a chain of command. You know, you have to have a president of hockey operations who's the boss of the GM, who's the boss of the coach. And, you know, that GM has to be able to fire the coach if he wants to. It can't be a case of the coach having more power than the guys above him. Uh, if, if that's the case, it's just never going to work. So I would hope that they would give whoever they hire as general manager uh, the right to do whatever he has to do, he feels he has to do, to make the team play a certain way or you know be successful, and we'll see if that's the case. Well, Staggy, we, uh, we're almost out of time. I wanted to ask you one more question before we let you go, and thank you so much again for coming back on with us. Now, the last time we spoke, I think you were big on Edmonton, and then I think we all picked Boston. Uh, do you still feel like it's Edmonton's year? Well, the Oilers certainly have, uh, you know, when you talk about the high-end talent, and oftentimes those are the teams that rise to the top. You look at what Colorado did last year with Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. They ended up, uh, the cream rose to the top last year. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, without a doubt, have the best players. They often win the Cup, and I think they're going to one day. And it might as well be this year. So I could see them in the final. And if they're in the final, it's going to be tough to beat them. Uh, and on the other side, it wouldn't surprise me if the Florida Panthers found a way to win. Now, the Carolina Hurricanes look like the best team in the East right now because of the way they play defense. But the Florida Panthers have the firepower in the East. And, and I think a dream matchup would be Florida against Edmonton. That would be, a, be a awesome to watch. Uh, on the other hand, uh, it's going to be tough to beat Carolina. So, I, I guess if you if you you know held a gun to my head, I'd, I'd say it's going to be Carolina and Edmonton in the final. All right, Staggy. Hey, we really appreciate it. Hopefully, hopefully we can catch up to you uh, again this summer. So thanks a lot. All right, take care. Have a good one. You too. 
Finally, a weekly local sports show that you've always wanted. Under Review Sports Talk on Connect FM. Get the latest on your favorite local sports teams here. Brought to you by our title sponsor. Next Year Bank is a proud supporter of all area sports in Du Bois. Bank anywhere, anytime, all on your terms with Next Year Bank's online and mobile banking solutions. Helping local families and businesses achieve their financial goals for over a century. Liberty Boulevard, Du Bois, and at nextyearbank.com. Your community bank. Keeping your eye on the ball is the key to playing sports well. Let Wise Eyes coach you into sturdy shatter and contact-resistant eyewear. Whether your child plays sports... You love extreme sports or you work in hazardous construction zones. You need sharp vision while protecting your eyes. Dr. Lineski is a leader in clinical eye care and takes the time to explain your eye test results. Proud to support local sports programs, Wise Eyes has served our community for over 20 years. Come and strive to boys and at mywiseeyes.com. I'm Dan Kennard, and this is the Connect FM Local Youth Sports Beat, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. It's been a very busy baseball and softball schedule throughout District 9 the past week. Let's go back to last Wednesday, May the 3rd, on the baseball scoreboard. Dubois was a 15-0 winner over Bradford in three innings. The Beavers' Brock Smith pitched a one-hit shutout there. Four strikeouts for Brock. And Dubois Central Catholic shut down Venango Catholic 15-0, that one only going three innings. In softball action last Wednesday, State College upended Dubois Central Catholic 10-6. It took nine innings for that to happen, and that was the first loss of the season for the Lady Cardinals. On Thursday, May the 4th, in baseball, Dubois Central Catholic, a 10-0 winner over Kane in six innings. Dubois Central Catholic's Carter Himes pitched a two-hit complete game with seven strikeouts, and Dubois Central Catholic with 13 hits in that win. Brookville blanked Brockway 7-0. In the Elk County Tournament, St. Mary's was a 9-1 winner over Cameron County. Softball games on Thursday, May the 4th, Clearfield upended Huntingdon 8-3. Brookville a 12-2 winner over Brockway. The Lady Raiders' Tori McKinney went 3-for-5. She had three runs and two runs batted in. Checking out the results on Friday, May the 5th in baseball, the Elk County Tournament was played. In the first round, Johnsonburg got a 5-0 win over Elk County Catholic. And then in the championship game, St. Mary's claimed the Elk County Tournament Championship with a 5-3 win over Johnsonburg. Softball games on Friday, Dubois beat St. Mary's 4-3. It was Elk County Catholic upending Johnsonburg 8-1 and West Branch shutting out Kerwinsville. It was a close one, though, 1-0. On Saturday at the City Classic in Dubois, Dubois Central Catholic got a 3-2 win over Dubois. The Cardinals' Carter Hickman was 3-3 at the plate with two runs batted in for Dubois Central Catholic to get that City Classic win. It was Juniata Valley beating Kirtwinsville 4-2. Bellwood Annis then also beat Kirtwinsville 10-3. Monotal was an 8-6 winner over St. Mary's on Saturday. Softball games played Saturday, the Dubois City Classic. The Lady Beavers getting a 12-4 win over Dubois Central Catholic. Audrey Hale for the Lady Beavers was 2-3. for three. She had a double and a home run. St. Mary's beat Warren 8-6. Kerwinsville knocked off Bellwood Annis 13-0 in five innings. 
This past Monday in baseball games, Punxsutawney got a 10-0 shutout win over Bradford in five innings. Dubois completed their game with Brookville from April 12th and won it 17-14. Then Brookville got a 7-3 win over the Beavers. Brookville's Carson Weaver pitched five innings in that one with only uh, giving up four hits, one earned run, and he struck out nine. Cowdersport notched a 9-4 win over Elk County Catholic. O'Shannon Valley shut out Kerwinsville 7-0. Johnsonburg a 7-2 win over St. Mary's. In softball games on Monday, Punxsutawney got uh, two wins over Bradford 12-2 and 15-0. Dubois taking down Brookville 14-2. Emma Delp for the Lady Beavers pitched a three-hitter with nine strikeouts and she was four for five at the plate with three runs batted in. Kerwinsville shuts out Moshannon Valley 15-0 in three innings, and Penns Valley was a 10-4 winner over Clearfield. Yesterday, Dubois Central Catholic got a 9-1 baseball win over Brockway. It was the Cardinals' Brayton Fox pitching a three-hitter. He also drove in three runs. Clearfield was a 12-4 victor over Penns Valley. Elk County Catholic shut out Bradford 13-0. Softball games yesterday, Dubois Central Catholic beating Keystone 16-1 in three innings. Forest Area shutting out Brockway 14-0 in four innings. Bald Eagle got a 7-2 win over Clearfield. It was Mount Union downing Kerwinsville 2-0. Elk County Catholic with a 8-6 win over Bradford. And on the schedule for today, in District 9 baseball, Dubois set to face Punxsutawney, the Chucks with a 12-1 record. St. Mary's is going up against Bradford. In softball games today, Punxsutawney set to play at Dubois, the Lady Beavers with a 10-3 mark. Brockway will face Dubois Central Catholic's Lady Cardinals, who are 13-2. Brookville plays at Clarion Limestone, Elk County Catholic on the road at Otto Eldred, and Bradford is hosting St. Mary's. Also set for today, the Boys Tennis District 9 Class AA Team Finals, Dubois Central Catholic against Elk County Catholic. That'll do it for the local youth sports beat this week on Connect FM, sponsored by Dr. Greg Lineski and Wise Eyes at the Dubois Commons. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. And we're back with Under Review, sponsored by Next Tier Bank. We are on our Upon Further Review segment, and uh, just so happens that our old friend David Morehouse is back in the news because he's been promoted to the Executive Vice President for Strategy for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the Penguins, the Steelers. He spent, what, 16 seasons with the Penguins, and, and he helped the Penguins get their new arena. And now there's a lot of speculation out there. Could the Steelers be after a new uh, stadium? Uh, you might think, wow, that can't be that old, but Heinz Field opened in 2001. You know, we're pushing, what, 22, 20, this is the 23rd season coming up here. So um, perhaps, you know, Dan Rooney uh, was looking at the uh, the survey from the NFLPA that had the Steelers kind of ranked pretty low in a couple of categories, including the locker room, some of the amenities, Maybe he thinks that it's time for an upgrade here. So, um, 
you know, let's let's talk a little bit about Acroshore Stadium. It costs two hundred eighty-one million dollars to build. Some of these uh, stadiums that were built around the same time, like Tennessee's, it was built in 1999. They're going to be replacing their stadium here with a $2.1 billion upgrade. And then the Brown Stadium's about due for a $1 billion upgrade, again, 1999 build. So it's really not that old in terms of stadiums. Do you guys think that uh, Acroshore needs an upgrade or needs to be replaced? You know, honestly, I hate it. I, I don't like going to Acrisure or Heinz Field. The experience is terrible. Um, it's, it's no cheap. frills. No, there's no frills at all. Um, it's it's a cheap stadium. When you go to other stadiums across this country, when you go to Jerry World or you go out to L.A. at SoFire, you know you go to Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. You 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 can't. It, it's it's ridiculous. I was in Vegas for work and I saw them. It was completed. I didn't get to go in, but I saw the the Raiders' new stadium. The the Steelers are a premier franchise in the NFL. I and they're basically the identity of Pittsburgh if you think about it. So if they want a new stadium, they're going to get a new stadium and I I get it. Taxpayers are usually on the hook for that stuff. If I lived in Allegheny County, I don't think maybe I'd be saying the same thing, but I live in Clearfield County and I I do like going to Steelers games even though the game day experience isn't what a lot of other fans have. And if anybody can make it happen, it's David Morehouse. Yes. Look, all I got to say is, unless they're going to put it on their dome, which goes against everything I think about when I think about Pittsburgh Steeler football, what are you getting? You're still going to be outside in the cold in November and December. The seats are going to be too close together unless you're one of the uppity ups in the in the corporate box. So we're going to what? Spend a billion dollars. And by the way, if we spend a billion dollars, guess what they're going to do? They're going to kick all those high school games off probably because when some of the players complain about the field, part of the reason for that is it's still a national natural turf field getting used constantly, especially right there in November, right before Thanksgiving for those Whippeal games, which I think is a cool idea. But there are consequences to that in the and you know and the pit games. So if you, what really are we talking about a Steelers only stadium? Because I think that's part of a lot of the complaints that I think you're hearing from the players have to do with how much that field's used compared to Jerry World or some of these other ones. Which by the way, a lot of them are turf fields. I know they probably don't want to do that, but you know, and. You know, let, let's be honest about you brought up the taxpayer thing. Who's going to foot the bill? Look, if the Roonies are going to pay for it, I don't care. Build whatever you want. But I know that's not the way this is going to go down. I'd love to see a retractable roof. And then you could have this uh, Super Bowl in oh, Pittsburgh. Wouldn't that go. be cool? I couldn't agree more with you, Bob, because that would be an, they could have the Super Bowl in Pittsburgh, but the, the facilities aren't there. They, every other thing is in place to have the Super Bowl in Pittsburgh. If they had, if they had a dome, you could have the Super Bowl, and, and imagine what that would do for the city of Pittsburgh. The only people, I th- the only things that I think that I would miss, I love seeing those pigeons on the field when they keep <laughs> when they put the seed down. That's always funny to me seeing those pigeons in every single shot. They're always there, so that, that's just kind of a funny thing. But uh, I honest, I would really like them to see something done here in the next several years. But who knows? I mean, we got to move on. But the other, I think a Super Bowl is a pipe dream because they just don't have. Pittsburgh downtown is tight. They don't have. I don't think they have the hotels. I think the traffic would be just an unholy nightmare compared to a city even like Detroit. I know you know they don't like doing the northern cities anyway. But when they do it, they try to they try to have the infrastructure in place. And I look, I'm a Pittsburgh guy. I adore Pittsburgh. I just to have that many people for a week is going to be tough, tough sledding. 
Well, just think of what could be. Now, I, I monopolized most of the time here, guys. We only got about a minute. Is it, do either of you guys want to throw something I, Well, I, yeah, I came up with something similar because you're talking about ownership and new stadiums, and it got me thinking about what's going on with the Oakland A's. You know, we, we were talking a little bit off air about that, and, you know, they have run that franchise into the ground, and it's it's the owner's fault, and he is, in my opinion – the modern day real life Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps was the the villain in the movie Major League who was trying to be so bad that she could move her team. That's exactly what the Oakland A's have done. This was a team who made the playoffs more times than not over the last 20 years. And and now he's bad-mouthing his own fans and it's like, the team's like whatever five and 26 or I don't even know. They're horrible. They're going to set all kinds of records. And it's like, why, why do other, why do, we as sports fans reward this behavior. Why does why does he get to go to Vegas and and get paid off to to basically, you know, be so re- terrible to the fans who've stuck with that franchise for decades? Well, you can go see the A's uh, for the remainder of their games for two dollars and sixty eight cents a ticket. Um, they said the other night there were less than twelve hundred people at the Oakland. I mean, that is insane. Less than twelve hundred people. There might be more watching the small college world there series will be. next week. I'm telling yeah. you, it, it, and that, if you lived out there, though, it would be kind of fun. It'd be like going to see the Pirates back in the day to go look at you know or go see superstar players. If I lived in Oakland, I'd just go to watch the other superstars I mean, from other teams. I will say that, and now we're out of time. If there's any stadium in the in in major sports that needs replaced, it's Oakland. It was a dump twenty years ago, but that stadium is. 50 or 60 years old. I mean, that's different than talking about Acrisure Stadium, which is, you know, younger than my son. All right. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to get lost here in just a few seconds. So stay with us. Spring has sprung once again at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. And our spectacular specials for you this month are better than ever. Explore all the ways to save some green with the confidence that comes from knowing nearly every vehicle we sell or lease is backed by the Spitzer Shield. Featuring a new vehicle nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. That's unlimited time, unlimited miles, one year free maintenance, and more. Or explore our certified pre-owned inventory and get the Spitzer certified nationwide powertrain warranty. Featuring bumper-to-bumper coverage, and more. Don't miss your chance. These spring savings are only for a limited time and will end soon. Spare yourself from spending too much on future services and spring for our spectacular spring specials backed by our exclusive buying benefits with the Spitzer Shield at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. Shop online anytime. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Carlson Auto Repair is a locally family-owned and operated business that serves you, their customer, like you're one of the family. Carlson Auto Repair genuinely cares about the folks who come to see them for mechanical and auto body work. They don't do anything that isn't needed, and they do the repairs at an affordable rate. If you need auto repair inspections or collision work, get it done right and reasonably at Carlson Auto Repair, where they know you and they know your vehicle. 100 East Park Avenue, Dubois. Smith Timbering and Consultants are experts at tree management and are looking for an energetic, reliable individual to join their team. They currently have an excellent opportunity for a full-time forestry technician to buy, mark, and cruise standing timber. They offer competitive pay with bonus incentives, health incentives, health insurance, and company vehicle. Associate's degree or higher in forestry required. Please email your resume or questions to Wes at smithtimbering.com. That's Wes at smithtimbering.com. Now, let's go back 
to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. All right, guys, it's time to get lost. Favorite segment of the show. We don't have a lot of time. I um, want to thank our sponsor, Next Tier Bank, as always. Uh, but I want to say hashtag get lost to the construction going on up on Coke Hill on the east side. What is going on over there? Hashtag get lost to that. Well, I, I had a couple here. I don't get the appeal here. Hashtag get lost the Kentucky Derby. I, I just don't understand it, guys. Six hours of TV coverage for a two-minute race. I, I, I just don't get it. Well, I'm going to play onto that. You actually kind of stole my thunder, but it's not just about the racing. It's about the fact that how many horses got killed. I mean, you know, I know people who are huge dog lovers who are okay with this. And, and, and at some point, why, why are we just killing horses for this? I don't understand it. So that, I, I'm with you. Get lost horse racing in general. All right. Well, we thank all of you for tuning in and Next Tier Bank for sponsoring us. We'll be back next week. We got another great show planned. And don't forget to download the podcast if you missed any part of our show. We'll see you next week.